0: Welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello, I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we're heading back to the land of France, and we're going to talk about some haunted castles throughout various parts of France. Now, I've been to France, especially Paris, twice, and I will say the second time, old Paris seemed a little bit more friendlier. For me, you know, the United States has had a very interesting and historic relationship with France. France has helped us break from England, and we're the first nation to recognize us as a nation, which is very essential when it comes to diplomacy and <laughs> being established as a nation. But that being said, both times in World War One and World War Two, we have returned the favor and helped the French, especially in. World War II, when they were actually conquered by the goddamn Nazis. And we, with a tremendous amount of allies, rolled up on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. And without a doubt, the allies' endeavors were successful because of the unity of all of the allies, all of the participants, and the very careful planning of the Normandy Day invasion. And the amazing thing is that to this day, the French still recognizes the contributions the United States made to their country and their plight against the goddamn Nazis. But in addition to this history, France does have some wonderful, wonderful historic and paranormal hotspots. For me personally, I've always wanted to to walk around. St. Michael's Mond, and there's just something about this monastery, this castle-looking thing, that's just so appealing. But it's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's it, it's kind of a thing. Like, there are a lot of amazing places in France, but, like I said, they're scattered throughout France, and as this is a paranormal podcast, I want to talk about those paranormal scattered places and as I've already mentioned uh, St. Michael's Mond is always been a place I've always wanted to go to and it's actually it's officially called Mount St. Michael's and it's considered to be a Benedictine Abbey it was built in the 18th century so the gothic style is very apparent and as the name suggests It, of course, is dedicated to the archangel Michael, who, as we all know, led the revolt against Lucifer and cast Lucifer and the demons out of heaven. Now, this place is very interesting because sometimes it's an island, sometimes it's not. They deal with a lot of high tide and low tide to kind of help determine if visitors can park on the land before it gets to be high tide and so it's kind of like if you ever saw the movie Woman in Black sometimes when it's low tide it was easy to go through and during high tides forget it now it, it is actually located on the side of Normandy but it's ve- it's a it's a few hours south of the beaches of Normandy so it's a bit of a ways to get there and today it is considered a UNESCO World Heritage site However, it does, despite the fact it's pretty much an abbey, have a bloody history. In case you don't know this, the British and French basically like to go at it every couple of years, every couple hundred years, and in fact, parts of France used to belong to England as part of a treaty and or ownerships. and either way, during the Battle of the Hundred Years' War, which again had the French and the English duking it out, Captain Lewis Estoville was actually commander of Mount St. Michael, and as the commander of the garrison, he, wa- he held that position t- between 1424 and 1433. Now, again, this is during the time of the Hundred Years' War, and this becomes the site of a brutal slaughter. Captain Lewis, who is French will lead his men against an oncoming British attack to which the French will basically slaughter 2,000 British soldiers. And it is said that the beaches surrounding Mount St. Michael literally ran with blood. So this is definitely, definitely a place of death, and as it is an abbey, Monks have been known to come here, serve here, and die here. And it is said that the monks have returned post-death, and (laughs) now it's the place. In fact, between the monks and the soldiers, it is believed that Captain Louis himself is still on the island looking out and protecting Mount St. Michael. So you got soldiers, you got monks, and you have the captain hanging around this island. All right, moving on from Mount Saint Michael, let's talk about Chateau de Puy Martin. My French is horrific. My I can barely do English sometimes. (laughs) So let's talk about this chateau. Chateau Puy Martin was constructed. Originally in 1269, and it fell under siege in 1357. And by that, I mean the British took it. And just a lot of brutal deaths, of course, at the hands of English mercenaries. And, you know, over time, it shuffled ownership, people, land, wars. But what is making this place such a paranormal hotspot is the Lady in White, or La Dame Blanchet, the White Lady. So here's the story. This is the story of Teresa de saint Clair, whose husband unexpectedly returned from war, and as such, he catches her with her lover, And as punishment, he decided to lock her up in the north tower of the Chateau, which is basically a pretty small room. And he kept her there for 15 years before she died. And basically, there's a rumor that he buried her in the walls or put her in the walls. Again, it's a rumor. But to this day, because of this, this act of revenge... Charissa is still there in the afterlife. Now you can visit this chateau Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. Obviously French time. And <laughs> again, it's located in uh, Sarlat, Canada, France. It's it's you could read it better in English on the map. So definitely, definitely something you're going to want to check out. And just so you know. They only allow visitations between the months of April through November. All right, moving on to another chateau, because that's what they're called, for the most part in in France, are chateaux, not castles. Chateau de Bonagol, which was built in the late 14th century, so 1300s, by the Seigneur de Bonagol, uh, Bertrand the Third de Garson. Now, this one is actually considered to be one of the tallest castles in France. It is now a private mansion. However, it is believed to be the residence of another lady in white. The theory or the story goes, she is the ghost of Charlotte, the wife of Jacques Brzez, who was a former owner. And just like Teresa, Charlotte had a lover, and when the husband found out, he, he stabbed her with his sword, and he stabbed the boyfriend as well, took them both out. And it is said that she now walks through the corridors at night. And they actually have allowed ghost investigators to investigate this property, and they really do believe it, the ghost investigators that they permitted to, to visit have had a lot of paranormal experiences. They had odd pressures on their shoulders, sensations of burning, strange sounds, sudden temperature drops, and just random uh, unknown sources of unknown creepy noises. Now, again, and this kind of does seem to be a theme murder, killing women who are cheating seems to be a, a French theme, even though I think it's kind of like their social policy. It's okay for the men to have a mistress or two, but not the women. Okay. All right, moving on to Chateau La Grosse. Again, I'm probably totally mispronouncing this. This particular Chateau, in Hurrah and it dates back to the 15th century, so the 1400s. And it is believed that all seemed to be pretty okay until the goddamn Nazis rolled up and seized the castle and used it during World War II. Today, it is believed that after they were repelled and sent back to Germany or or died on um, the land of France, it is now believed that the souls, the restless souls from World War II, now haunt this particular castle, the people that they tortured, the people who became sick, just basically people who died as a result of this war, is still there. In addition to seeing apparitions and actual, we're talking apparitions of soldiers running through hallways, they have seen apparitions of little girls, shadow-like figures, they have heard footsteps going up and down the hallways. They have heard they have heard so what they believe is soldiers screaming fight as if they're charging. They have had screeching voices. And it's just an overwhelming scenario that is happening to the point where the locals are saying that they are seeing these ghostly apparitions occurring at Chateau Langarse. All right, moving from Chateau Langarse. Let us talk about Chateau de Chambard. Now, this chateau was actually built by King Francis I in 1519. This particular castle took 14 years to build, and it, this thing is huge. It is 52,000 square meters, okay? And there is a supposed legend that Leonardo da Vinci helped contribute to some of the aspects of the castle, but, of course, this has been disputed. Anyways. So King Francis actually spent a significant amount of time here. In fact, a lot of kings spent a significant amount of time here. And this is this is a very impressive castle. And one particular king who really liked being here was actually King Louis the 14th, also known as the Sun King of France. And he actually contributed to the expansion of this particular castle. He added a chapel wing 1685, but this was kind of like a catch-two scenario. So because of its huge size, it actually became very expensive to maintain. Heating alone, I mean, (laughs) heating is expensive now. Imagine if you had a 52-square-hundred-meter house you had to heat, and it eventually becomes too expensive to keep warm and eventually becomes abandoned over time. Now, sadly, this castle will get looted during the French Revolution, and then it will be later used as a hospital during the franco prussia War. Now, because of that aspect of this, it is believed that the bad juju, the bad essence of the soldiers that were recovering from the wounds that they had endured during the franco prussia War, that... Is what remains. So people have seen ghosts, actual apparitions of the soldiers, of the injured soldiers, and basically the ghosts of those who had died there. And they are seen wandering the halls, they are seen wandering the grand staircase, and they are seen wandering the gardens. So a lot of, just like I said before, Bad juju will turn the land, make it make an impression on there that's just not, you know, good. But you can come and see this magnificent chateau. I mean, this thing is huge. It is beautiful. I have seen pictures. And you can see it Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., if you're in the area. Great. Right, moving from this chateau, let's talk about this very interesting chateau, Chateau de Trecyon. Now, this particular chateau dates all the way back to 810 A.D. And another, you know, La Dame Blanche, Lady in White. And this one actually is, I kind of, i sometimes you read things you just don't understand. There's actually two versions of why she potentially haunts this particular castle. So, the Lady in White, w- and this all happens in 1750. One version is she was going to marry a man her family did not approve of. So what they did was is they, they basically bricked her up into the wall of the castles. And even though there was a witness, he went to tell her husband, Trousseau, the Count of Trousseau, and the husband, you know, future husband runs to go and save her, she still ends up dying. But it's like, why didn't you know this before? I mean, how long was this? How long did this take before word got to you? I mean, I recognize they didn't have text messages back then, but still. I just think it's kind of interesting that there was this huge time gap. But the other version is is that as she was getting ready, they basically picked her up. The brothers pick her up, cart her off in a black carriage, hold her hostage... While they basically dig around the castle moat, and, and we're talking a deep grave, and they basically throw her into the grave in her wedding dress, and they basically bury her alive. And even though they go again, and a witness sees all this happening, he goes and tells the count, the count goes to try and save her, and even though he, quote unquote, rescues her, she dies from this you know moment of shock and and tragedy and again it's still like why is there such a huge time gap here if the girl didn't show up at a at, a, at an appointed time questions should have been asked or what have you i just i'm not sure this is basically what i'm saying now whatever her story is she is not the only one to haunt this castle In fact, there is the ghost of a very, well, it's two ghosts, actually. So one of the younger sons of this family was caught, you know, kissing and making out with his girl, and this angered his family. They were like, no. And as a means to probably break them up and or punishment, the father sent the son. To the crusades in 1249 and unfortunately the son died in the holy land and when his girlfriend his wife his lover learned of her beloved's death she basically dies of a broken heart which i do actually think is a real thing and even though they're not buried together because of course they couldn't be together in life you know assholes won't let them be together in death it is said that their spirits walked together along the edge of the nearby forest, So they found each other, according to legend, in the afterlife. Now, besides the lady in white, besides these two lovers, there's an interesting scenario where there are, there's a room where two phantom ghost players are arguing over a card game. It, I, and, and it's interesting because, I typically like to research a little bit more, get a little more information. Nobody said, none of the articles that I read indicated that, like, they killed each other, <laughs> and hence that's why they're still there, just that they're still arguing. It's as if they died, and then, like, you know what, I'm not done. Hold up. I got another point I want to make. And they met up in this room and are still arguing post-death. And on top of that... On top of all this other stuff that's going on, there is a headless monk that is wandering the grounds. And I mean, it's not exactly sure why, A, there's a monk, and B, why he's headless. Again, in all the research, it's just one of those scenarios. Now, to add some mythical magic to the mix of this particular castle, this castle is actually close to a part of the mythological forest known as the Brocolande. Again, my French is terrible. And it is believed that this, it's a real forest though, it's connected to the Pampont Forest, and all of this is all part of a national historic site that basically has a connection or an association to the legend of King Arthur. So, you know, there is an assumption that King Arthur, Camelot, all were in England, but again, you have to remember, parts of France belong to England. In fact, if you've ever seen the movie Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett, she is queen of France to some degree because at that point in time, England had ownership of land in France, the Brittany, the Normandy area, back to back, you know, between all the wars that they were duking out. But either way, the point is, is that there is a belief that it is possible that King Arthur could have actually uh, been a scenario that played out in France. And it is believed that this particular forest holds the Tomb of Merlin, as well as the Lady of the Lake, which, if you're not familiar with who the Lady of the Lake is, she's the one that holds Excalibur, and whoever holds Excalibur the sword is the King of England. Okay, now what exactly is happening here at this particular castle, the chateau, people have heard strange whispers coming from the walls. Again, a lot of cold chills and the thing is, the cold chills are actually moving. They're moving from room to room. People have claimed to see shadow figures. And not just shadow figures, but apparitions of actual beautiful women. Um, in one particular, in a white dress. And she's got a flower crown roaming around at night. That's probably the bride. Now for our last chateau, let's talk about the Palace of Versailles. Now, as some of you know, this palace was the last place the the last king and queen of France resided before they were taken to the gallows and becoming themselves headless. The sad part is, is that they actually almost made it to England. And England, who was willing to give Louis and Antoinette asylum, which I think gives England credit considering how much these two countries and kings and royalties hated each other, England was actually willing to give Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette asylum as private citizens because, of course, you can't necessarily have two kings in England. Uh, either way, the point is, is that they would be the last French royalty to occupy this palace. But a little bit of history, it so this area started out as the land itself started out as a hunting area and king louis the 13th actually had a small hunting lodge built on this particular land in 1623 and then in 1624 he started using it and then he decided to rebuild it in 1631 and basically it would become from there the palace as we know it today. And, again, because it was the last residence of Louis and Marie Antoinette, it is said that the ghosts of both of them have been seen on this property. Now, aside from the apparitions of the last king and queen of France, people have heard disembodied voices. They've heard steps, footsteps. They've had really weird things transpire in front of many, not just one person, but in front of many people at one time. So full-body apparitions, and, I mean, they're all over the place. They're in the palace, they're in the gardens, and if our listeners had started from the beginning of of this podcast, the actual podcast, not this particular episode, one of the very first stories I shared is this very – unusual claim of these two women, Anne Mulberry and Eleanor Judane, claimed that when they visited this particular palace in August of 1901, that they had somehow stepped through a time loop and had seen what life was like during one of the days of the still the reign of Marie Antoinette and Louis. Like, they had stepped through some sort of loop and was there and saw... Marie Antoinette, I think she was painting, according to their claim. And today you can go. I've been there myself. I've seen the Hall of Mirrors, and it's impressive. This, this is a very beautiful, well-landscaped castle, a palace, and it gets a lot of visitors. And you, like I said, you can visit it Tuesday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 5.30. I did it, the tour, but I think you can just go. I took it probably in advance and visit this last place of Louis and Marie Antoinette. All right, that is what I have for you tonight haunted palaces, chateaus, and why a lot of dead women in France. All right, on to business. We have a Facebook page and we do have the trivia next week. If you are interested in joining the killer. Trivia that we are sponsoring next week in Susanville on Main Street, Bottle & Brush, Art Bottle & Brush at 6.30. We will be there as we are sponsoring. And otherwise, we have a Facebook page if you're curious and are interested and like to join. Send us a request. If you have a place, a murder... A serial killer, a situation you'd like us to delve further into and make an episode out of, send us a request at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. But until next time, please remember only the few can find the beauty of the darkness, which is why we hope to see you where the dark corners are. <laughs>